In Mexican folklore, there exists a story of a woman who weeps for her lost children. Taking the form of a malevolent spirit, her cries are said to bring misfortune to those who hear them. Today, we're going to compare the legend to history as we discuss La Llorona. This is Red Web. Task Force, welcome back to another episode of Red Web. We are deep now down the valley of mystery. Many hundreds and thousands of episodes of galore each week discussing a new chapter in the never-ending book that is Mysteries of This World. I'm your host and resident mystery enthusiast Trevor Collins, joining me with that gut instinct, perhaps hearing this mystery for the very first time, Alfredo Diaz. Did not hear this mystery for you the first haven't? time. Because uh-huh. there was a movie that came out oh, a couple okay. years ago. It was mm. terrible. Yeah. But it, it literally had the same title. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was like my children. Was that in the Conjuring universe? Yes. Or was it just made by the same film? Is it not in the Conjuring universe? I don't think so. I or thought they, there was prepare the, that one to be spin-off. astounded chair. It might have been like a spinoff or something. Yeah. I think it's like, like they did with the nun. loosely in there. It's definitely not like yeah. the same. I think it's this the universe, and that's it. Right, it's not like the same yeah. people. It's like whatever. keep the universe going. It's entertaining. Um, so I do know that the the premise of like, yeah, a woman that lost her child, mm-hmm. and then is the, you know like a ghost and tries to go after the children. Yes, that's, that's it. Was a terrible movie. That's the gist of it all. <laughs> uh, I did hear that. I haven't seen it yet, but I feel like there's no ghost movie that goes by without my eyes scraping over every frame. So I feel like I still have to see it. Yeah. I'll connect with you afterwards to well, see terrible. what the hangups are. But, but it's great to just have a fun Saturday knowing oh, it's yeah. bad. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you got to co- just indulge in the, uh, the B movies. But mm-hmm. today we're going to break down the legend of the story. Then we're going to go into the historical origins or the potential origins that date back centuries. And then we're going to talk about some of the sightings of La Llorona and analyze some pictures that people have. Oh. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, uh, you know, we typically give the mystery and then have theories. But with this one, it's your standard kind of spirit, if you will. Ghost ghoul. Yeah, so your theories are going to be kind of similar of nature. But but yeah. The movie is not officially part of the Conjuring universe, but it does contain references to the Conjuring movies. Mm, And in that sense, it is perfectly official to me. (laughs) Right, that's official to me. It's like, oh, it also had the same producers and the same director. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If there's in movie references, then it's like, just kind of like how Ruby is now part of the Shining universe because of all the Doctor Sleep Easter eggs. Oh yeah, yeah. That was sick. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about the legend of La Llorona, or as she's known in English, the Weeping Woman. If you were to translate it. She is a malevolent spirit, and her legend is told primarily in Mexico, Central America, and the Southwest area of the United States. Before La Llorona is seen, it is said that you can hear her weeping, crying, and or shrieking, otherwise just various iterations of those types of sounds. She is said to cry out for her children, saying things like, Ay mis hijos, or in Spanish, meaning, oh, my children, in English. She is often described as tall, with long hair, dressed in white, and usually wet head to toe. Witnesses have claimed to see her commonly floating over bodies of water if they have seen her at all, because as the stories go, many of the stories, in fact, primarily focus on hearing her in the nearby area and don't typically feature sightings of her. And so she's mostly a specter that is heard and rarely seen, which is not super common for other ghost stories. Yeah, if video games and horror movies have taught me anything, it's two things. And you hear a weeping person, right? You mm-hmm. either avoid them at all costs or you unload heavily upon said weeping person. Right, in the in the direction of the weep. Yeah, you know? and you just start, like the Predator, like the movie Predator, just start mowing down <laughs> inside the jungle. And <laughs> <laughs> hope that you hit something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, if, you if think you're, La Llorona has some camo and green blood and leaps from tree to tree? Look, it it's could be any, anything. Actually, to be funny enough, no if, joke if though. You, if, if, if you were to find me a, a tree later, a definitive like ghosts are real at that point, anything, anything's possible. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know what I mean? I'm believing anything. Yeah. You shattered my world. <laughs> there are a couple different versions of La Llorona, but the legend usually goes something like this. And before I do say anything, there's some pretty heavy handed, violent acts, including children, with this story. So if you're sensitive to that, just a heads up to skip forward a little bit here. 
This is how the legend typically goes. It's something like this. A beautiful woman named Maria married a rich man, either a conquistador or a ranchero. They had two children, but eventually Maria saw her husband with another woman. In response, she drowned her two children, but immediately regretted this choice and, of course, couldn't save them after the deed was done. At this point, Maria then drowned herself out of extreme guilt, or some other iterations say that because her guilt was so extreme, she simply passed away to that. There are various explanations, but ultimately she was unable to move on to the afterlife and was then forced to return to Earth until she could find her children. In other versions of the story, Maria was the one who had the affair and drowned her illegitimate child. In another still, Maria believed that her husband loved her children more than her, and it was almost kind of an envy situation. All in all, there are many more variations of the story depending on the area that you live in and the storyteller telling it to you. Now, regardless of the version, the legend maintains that she is still searching for her children to this day. Hence the I mis hijos and the crying and everything like that, especially when she is seen on rare occasions. That's why she's always typically wet because of the drowning or near bodies of water. Yeah, I mean, like different versions of the story. I, I, get it. I, I feel like, like, damn, why not? I feel like it's almost frustrating because, you know, like there's one version, right? But then people are just like, taking liberties on mm -hmm. their own. I'm just like, stick to the story. Let's stick to the script. So st stick to what the story is. And you know the people that are just like, well, have you heard of, of La Llorona? And someone was probably like, yeah, I have. And they're like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. But this, like, right. But the, let me tell you what really went down. And then, then they're just like pivoting. It was the it was the wife instead of the husband. And right, like, right. You don't need to try and make it creative. All right. right. Like, it, just keep to the script. Now yeah. we have all these different versions. No, let's refresh this historical right. folklore. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get into it. But what's so interesting about this is that this story has such deep kind of cultural significance and carries a lot of messaging within it, regardless kind of of the iteration that you know. And, and we'll talk more about that. But that's what's so kind of interesting about this particular ghost story, or this particular legend, if, if you will. I will say, though, like, if the original story is... The husband had an affair mm -hmm. to go after the children go after the husband right it, it, i mean no matter how you slice it it seems like the the lesson is that this person was impacted with such grief 100 percent, such guilt right that she acted out in an unreasonable way like obviously right yeah uh um, you know none of it's condoned or anything like that but i feel mm -hmm. like you go straight uh option one go straight for the husband's peepee uh, go for the peepee go for the peepee right you know what i mean Act like you don't know, trick them, and then boom. Bada boom. Pair of shears. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. I was just thinking like a oh. like a boxing bag, like a speed bag. You know? like, <laughs> but, but you went straight to shears, man. All I right. I don't know if it is a brutal story. Hey, so it is a brutal story. Keep, you know, keeping up with the, the level there. Oh, but for I sure. mean, like, take that route. Yeah. Yeah. God help that man. Now, her story is told to children as a precautionary tale, especially for staying away large bodies of water, which makes a lot of sense. Not a lot of kids know how to swim and uh, could meet an unfortunate end. Additionally, she is said to kidnap children or even attack cheating husbands. So if you hear her cries, you should run. Sometimes hearing La Llorona is also interpreted as an omen of death. So not as a, hey, you're a cheating husband or hey, you're a child, but instead just this is an omen to signify something bad will happen to you or that death is impending oh, in your near no, future. like a marking. Yes. No. Yeah. So this kind of gives everybody a sensation of once you hear these cries, if you feel her presence, etc., that no one is safe. And so that, that kind of carries a lot of interesting subtext, right? Because there's messaging for children, mm -hmm. but there's others. And again, I, I'll, I'll get to it and I don't want to spoil the kind of research that uh, a master's student worked on for this uh, around this folklore but it's it's very interesting how this story takes on so many different implications and different cultural meanings depending on who you are and when you hear this and how you're told it and all of that sort of stuff it's it's a really interesting tale so question yeah hypothetical here mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're met with a spectral visit tonight that spectral entity tells you you have five days what's your initial gut reaction what do you what are you doing that like what are you doing that night or what are you doing like when you wake up dude kid me after uh seeing the ring mm -hmm. 
He had a journal somewhere stashed away that said, this is how, this is my seven day plan <laughs> to conquer the, the seven days. You know, like you get the phone call. What do you do? You got seven days. Uh, so you're probably trying to like track first of all, down like. First of all, give up. Yeah. yeah. Second of all, second wind, get back up off your feet. You've pouted enough. Yeah. Contact the FBI. If, the, what the F hold on. The FBI? Bear with me. Okay. <laughs> they might know a guy. All right. So, so listen, if you're getting contacted legitimately. One good luck contacting the FBI. 1-800-FBI. know a guy. 1-800-FBI, right? No? It's something Come like on. that. Yeah. Depending. So this, this, so this guy. Here's the thing. For. No, no, no. <laughs> but not only, not only is he done for, but he wasted his days. <laughs> Let me tell you, if you, I'll, I'll waste four days eating and drinking to my heart's content, maybe splurging a little bit, and then and then say, okay, day four, we got to yeah. start making some moves. Here's the thing. If truly though, if an entity of that nature made contact with you, a specter or whatever, or there's a threat, I, I don't know if I'd go straight to the feds, but I would go to someone higher up than local police. Just because if I'm now being aware of this, someone higher up that has some sort of clearance might actually know something, or this is a human-based threat that is pretending to be a specter, and they oh. could help me figure it out that way. Yeah, I guess it you depends. Know? How how spectral does the specter look? Because that, that was the thing I was thinking. If it is human enough, then maybe it's just a person. Maybe it is worth contacting the authorities. I mean, like a Disneyland like haunted mansion type okay. of see-through. Talking about yeah, yeah, Mickey Mouse sure. silhouette in your yeah. window on the second floor. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's <laughs> a like that's a that's a five days. That's a spectral five days. Um, that's what I'm thinking. To me, uh, for what, me, yeah, what I'm, are you gonna do? For me, I'm like, look. You're, not, you're talking not, to it? No, 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 no. I'm not talking <laughs> to listen it. here, pal. I'm talking, to, my, I'm talking to myself. I'm I got like, a date on day I'm six. Like, Look, can we reschedule? I'm not the main <laughs> character to this story, okay? Uh -huh, I'm uh -huh. not going to be the one that cracks the damn lore down for and, like, discovers a way to get around it. I'm just going to enjoy my four days and... Wait, it. so you two are giving up? Wait, four days? But you were given five. Well, four, five doesn't... Oh, okay. Five, <laughs> sure, five. He's like, you know what? Let's two, make it four. Two. <laughs> yeah, Can you imagine? Right. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> ring, Seven, eight. Hey, you know what? Can we make it six? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got things to do. <laughs> I, I've got a very boring Sunday. I'd rather <laughs> not get to it. <laughs> I don't want to go on a Monday. <laughs> Man. All right. Now, this part is is what makes this tale even spookier, I think, to someone who is being told this, especially as a young child. So according to legend, the proximity of La Llorona is indicated by the sound of the crying, the volume of it, right? But not in the way that you would think. If the weeping sounds close, she's actually said to be far away. The further the crying sounds are away from you, if she sounds distant, that's the moment your guard is down because you're thinking, okay, well, maybe I have some time. I can like maneuver or whatever. I don't know what you might be thinking in the moment, but it, that is said to be the time that she is closest to you, to the point where once she's sounding extra distant, that's the moment that she's able to catch you. She is gonna be getting nine out of 10 people. Yeah, well, yeah. Every time. She's got that reverse Doppler effect. Yeah, no one's gonna sit there and go, I'm safer if I run towards her. Right. You know what I mean? That is a, that's a trick that's gonna bait everyone every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that, uh, that makes me really discomforted. But I mean, if you hear loud, uh, loud shrieking, loud crying. I mean, that already is just instinctively. like, just, yeah, instinctively, humanly, like already very emotional and already very like tumultuous. And you're just like, Oh, what's going on? But that's when you're in theory, the safest. And when it starts to become quiet and you start to go, okay, well maybe, maybe this is okay or whatever. You're actually in more fear. So basically no matter how you slice it, this is just an unnerving situation. Yeah. Cause like you, you do run further away means you hear it more which yeah. means you're just gonna be even more terrified right. even if you know like this is the thing to do it's like it's so counter to your louder instinct. yeah exactly <sighs> so when it comes to la riorona as a lesson as a as a entity as a folklore person many people see her as a monster some as a ghost some as a warning sign and others still have even called her a cryptid regardless of how you view her La Llorona is an essential part of Mexican folklore and has been passed down through the generations, carrying stories with deeply ingrained cultural values and beliefs. This is something I'm very interested to talk about because we've talked a lot about ghost stories and hotspots and, and theories with all of that and the paranormal, and many of those are a little bit more face value straightforward. What's so compelling about this is that this is a paranormal story that has crossed many generations. and. 
whether it has a legitimate origin or not, whether you believe in the supernatural or not, what's so compelling about this story is, one, it's spooky, and I, I just like what's spooky and what's unknown, and two, it carries so much cultural weight to it. And there's so many messages within it that speak to especially Mexican culture. So I don't want to speak further on that myself. I want to quote Camila Acosta, who is a folk studies researcher who wrote her master's thesis on La Llorona and wrote the legend as, quote, a unique form of communication and, quote, the first concept of fear many of us Mexican-Americans have ever experienced. She is our anxiety's origin story. So Acosta interviewed Mexican-Americans from different age groups and used these interviews to conclude that, quote, no two individuals view La Llorona in the same way. For example, the children I interviewed mostly saw La Llorona as a ghost apparition more than willing to instill fear in young ones who misbehave. For the young adults, including myself, there was description of La Llorona not just as a ghost, but as a monster making us feel isolated from normalcy. And for my parents, however, La Llorona wavered from being a mother with the world on her shoulders to a key for escaping the harsh realities of life through ostention. You cannot pass down or soak up this legend without understanding Hispanic culture because it lies at every aspect of the narrative. From the weight of Latina motherhood to ostracizing of imperfect Hispanic women, La Llorona drips with commentary on ethnic and gender identities, even if it is never outwardly stated with words. There you have it. That I find to be very interesting to kind of interview a lot of people that are aware of this story and section it off kind of by age ranges and then see how, as people get older, how they reinterpret the story and apply their own kind of experiences and their own belief systems or their own what whatever has happened in their life uh, to the story. And I, at least for the kids, it's just a scary tale. But to, to the adults, it carries a very heavy weight. Yeah, I think that has to do with, I mean, number of factors, right? Um, one of them just being the generations. I guess what she's trying to say is it will just form to the generation, essentially. Mm. And so, like, with every generation comes so many different things, right? Technology and the change of the world around you, mm -hmm. the beliefs, cultures, uh, people. Different and so, pressures. Yeah, yeah. And so for something that's so timeless for the culture, obviously it's going to form and shape itself mm -hmm. as time goes. Yeah, I mean, to your point earlier, like, I'm with you. In the sense of a ghost story, I'm like, well... Isn't it just straightforward? It is what it is. Yeah. Like, let's not add some flair to it unnecessarily because contextually, you and I have been frustrated by many mysteries that get various, like, people just want to embellish it and it yep. kind of upsets your ability to dissect the crime yeah. or the story or whatever to get to the truth. In this case, it's actually quite interesting because it connects people to a historic past. So you're almost, in a way, you're going to see it evolve because you're going to see time change. You're going to see... Uh, your ancestors have certain challenges that you still may face now or they might have different challenges and then and it kind of comes out in a story like this and yeah. what you don't see often is stories that contain ancestral challenges or cultural beliefs or anything like that in a kind of more paranormal direction this is like a it's not the only one of its kind but it's very unique in that it it, it came out in a kind of if you will a horror story a, yeah. a ghost story I just, I just love that. I never thought about this story in that way. And Jillian, when, when doing the research for this outline, one of our researchers kind of added this segment. And I'm just, I love this part. And so I just wanted to kind of indulge in it for a second because it's so unique to this particular, this, uh, this spirit. Yeah, it's a different way of thinking. I just never thought about like a spectral entity or yeah. in that shape or form. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We kind of just think about like it's in that time period. It's stuck in that time period. Sure. Like, the story will be told, but essentially, like, it's a timepiece. And this is just something that it just morphs and adapts as right. time goes on. But then also is like a, it's like, it almost kind of feels like it's also passed down, like, as if a recipe for yeah, cooking kinda. is passed down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's very interesting. And yeah, I mean, that that happens. You know, people pass down tales and legends. Sure. I mean, even, even just, I'm trying to think of one off the cuff here, but like, you know, even just tales that are like, whether they're scary or normal, it's just to almost instill little lessons to kids. And this in some way also does that where they're like, hey, maybe don't kick around big bodies of water. It, it talks about kidnapping. It talks about drowning. But it's more just like maybe as a child, just like don't go off far on your own and do precarious things because harm may become you. All right. Now 
we talked earlier on when we talked about one of the iterations of the story, we talked about a woman named Maria and potentially marrying a conquistador. Mm -hmm. I think that time stamps kind of just about how far back we're going to go. So let's do it. Let's talk about some of the historical origins that may or may not be the genesis of this historic folklore. So the first documented mention of La Llorona comes from Luis González Obregón's book called Las Calles de Mexico in 1550. So I want to breathe on that one for a second. Sometimes we go back 100 years, 200 years, but we're going back almost a solid 500. That's pretty impressive for word of mouth stories to make it down this far. We've had word of mouth stories from the 80s get ruined by now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is centuries. And I guess like technology lends its hand to that, right? Ooh. Because everyone in the world gets a little piece of it. Yeah. And everyone in the world, you know what I mean? Like back then you're more isolated, right? Like, and so you'd hear a story, you'd pass along. And so it was more of a slow burn as opposed to now something can go viral, right? Take off and it's in millions of hands. And then people misremember it and then share it in different Mm -hmm. ways. And also just given the time period and having no access, obviously, to internet, these stories are more impactful. So they will stay with you longer. You're not going to be like, well, I read five spooky stories today and I remember True. pieces of them. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Like you can Google, you can watch six hours of, of spooky stories on YouTube, mm-hmm. you know, and this might be a like a story that was an event thing for the week, right? Where it's like you and your friends had a sleepover in it that, that was us, yeah. that was the highlight was a scary story if i invited a bunch of people over to a party and i just told one scary story mm-hmm. and that's the highlight that's not enough these days especially for the intention span of like a younger audience a tiktok audience but now back then it's just like things moved slower things had more impact mm-hmm. yeah. for sure so in this book it called out a crying woman was heard throughout mexico city uh, and that's kind of the first mention However, it's theorized that the story that really created or led to La Llorona may be even older than that, so older than 1550. La Llorona has been connected with multiple Aztec legends and has some influences from Spain, including the goddess Siwakoatl, or Snake Woman, who is associated with motherhood, small children, cribs, and childbirth. Here are a few of the similarities. She is said to weep at the loss of her son. She is also associated with infanticide and stealing of children. Another Aztec goddess, Chalchitlique, or she of the jade skirt, bears resemblance to La Llorona. She is associated with fertility and water and is said to drown people. Not necessarily children, but people in general. Others say La Llorona has roots in the arrival of the Spanish to the Americas, which continues on with the the idea that we talked about from Acosta with the cultural and historical impacts of what led to modern Mexico, Central America, Mm -hmm. etc. Now, there are still multiple versions of this particular angle of the story, but as it goes, Maria is an indigenous woman who married a conquistador. A Nahua woman called La Malinche was the translator and intermediary for conquistador Hernan Cortez, and later had his children. Some look at La Malinche as a traitor, but others see her as the mother of Mexico. According to legend, Malinche murdered their children after learning that Cortes planned to take their children back to Spain and leave her behind, which is where the comparison comes from. But there is no evidence for this, and there's no further comparisons between La Malinche La Llorona. Mm. So, a couple of historic, like, kind of facts, some with missing evidence, but, yeah. um, but otherwise like similarities. Usual, like- I know of another popular yeah. thing, kind of trying to blend it, right. it into one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're like, could it be based on some of these Aztec beliefs? Could it be from yeah. this? Which I love the fact that we can at least look back into history and try to find an origin for it. Though, very dark times for, yeah. for the people at the time. My um, favorite is not the best word, but the one that like most intrigues me is the, uh, I guess, the uh, Annihilator one. Oh, Servant Girl Annihilator? Servant Girl Annihil- yeah. Annihilator, which I believe that was one that's like, one of the theories was they ran off to the UK or England and became Jack the Ripper. Yeah, that is and one so, of the potentialities. Yeah, that's one of the potentials. And so like, those are the one of the ones that I harp back on where I go, ah, okay, like, that's an interesting way to connect two things and make them as one, which 
You know, it could be a possibility. Oh yeah, it. We see it a lot with true crime mysteries stories in general. You know, obviously the the human desire is to solve, and so when you can mm-hmm. connect it to other dots, you start to go, "Ooh, this seems like a fantastic angle." Some yeah. more creative than others, but nonetheless, it is always interesting, especially when you have a legend like this that stands the test of time. That could very well be from a very emotionally heightened part of history and then maintains through this day. And and that only continues to carry Acosta's message of how much cultural and belief pieces are just kind of burrowed into this story. Well, hello there, Task Force. Trevor Collins is always talking directly to those supple little eardrums. Thank you for keeping them moistened up. <laughs> I don't I don't know why I said supple. And now I'm owning it, okay? You have very nice eardrums, and you got to keep them that way. Don't crank that volume too much. But yeah, going to talk to you about some Red Web housekeeping notes. As a reminder to everybody, we are going to be at RTX here in Austin, July 7th through 9th, and I'm very excited about it. We have a customized escape room ready for all of you that has our jokes, our gaffes, our references all throughout it. And it also looks really really cool because we partnered with one of the best escape rooms here in the nation and they're right across the street from the convention center and it's included in your past so if you go to rtxaustin.com you can learn more about what the convention entails all the events you can see and all the things that are included in those tickets also we will have an annual meeting of the minds it's a hands-on kind of mini red web live show essentially a panel but more than that. I want it to be more than a panel. And uh, and I'm very eager to see you all there. And we're also trying to do a couple other things Red Web themed specifically at RTX. But there are so many cool things going on. So many of our sister podcasts will be there. And uh, Fredo and I are going to also be representing our gaming brand. If you're into gaming, you can come hang out with us and see what we do over there on the other side of our job coin. But yeah, rtxaustin.com. Please, if you're interested, come hang out with us July 7th through 9th this summer. Very eager to see all of the task force members in person. And if you're going to be there, don't forget to drop by store.roosterteeth.com. Pick up some of that Red Web swag so that way we can see you from afar. I feel like I want to do a big task force photo op, like a a red out, you know, just that all of us wear red on one specific day. I'll figure out the logistics, but then we do a selfie and then it's just red as far as the eye can see. Anyway, looking forward to seeing you all there. Take care. And as always... Just want to thank everybody who has listened for all the years we've been around and continues to share and review this podcast. It's one of the best ways and free ways to support this show and keep us growing. Really appreciate you all so much. And with that said, I have a couple fantastic sponsors that I want to talk to you guys about. This episode of Red Web is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like you're constantly giving your time and energy to everybody else, but neglecting your own needs? I know I do that a lot. It's tough finding a balance between supporting everybody that you care about, but also taking care of yourself. Sometimes you just need a little bit of extra help to maintain that balance. And that's where therapy comes in. It can be a game changer when it comes to finding a balance and learning how to set healthy boundaries. And let's face it. Who couldn't use some extra support and guidance in life? Life is complicated, twisted, challenging. Therapy can really help with all of these things. If you're interested in giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a really great option. They make it super easy and accessible because it's all done online. And if you don't want to use your webcam like me, you can be a recluse, you can turn it off, and uh, they'll work with your schedule as well. So it's very nice, if, especially if you have a busy lifestyle. You can always make sure that there's time for you. And if you need to switch a therapist, it can be done at any time with no extra cost. You can get started at their website. All you have to do is fill out a quick questionnaire. They get to know you. They get to know your needs. And they can get ready to help. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com RedWeb today in order to get 10% off your first month. Once again, that's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Red Web. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by Rocket Money. Task Force, I have a question for you. Feel free to answer, but I want you to know it's rhetorical. This is recorded and I can't hear you. Do you know how much your subscriptions cost you every month? Most Americans believe that it's around $80 a month on the various subscriptions that they have floating out there. However, the actual total is closer to $200. And if you don't know how much you're spending every single month, I'm telling you right now, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is the personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one simple place. Over 80% of Americans have subscriptions that they forget about. I know I do. And chances are that you are one of them too. 
like that streaming service, you know, that you got just to watch that one show that you really loved, but then you forgot about it or the gaming trial that you also got up because of that game that came out and you wanted to really play it. You wanted to impress your friends that you knew all about this game, but then you never actually used the service after the trial ended. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person $720 a year. That's fantastic. I really enjoy how convenient this app is because it categorizes and tracks all your subscriptions. And I know I play the game of trying to catch up with all the top shows, and I know I have some floating subscriptions out there. I also know Fredo uses it too, and he's really enjoyed how convenient it is, and he's identified several things that he can stop paying for that just flew under the radar. So, Task Force, stop throwing away your money, cancel any unwanted subscriptions today, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash redweb. Once again, that's rocketmoney.com slash redweb. And for those in the back, rocketmoney.com slash redweb. This episode of Red Web is also sponsored by ExpressVPN. Have you ever connected to an unsecure network at a cafe or an airport or wondered if your personal data was safe in any sort of way? It's a scary thought, but it's also a true and real risk. And your personal data is too valuable to leave exposed to hackers. That's where ExpressVPN comes in. ExpressVPN creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. So hackers can't steal your personal data and their encryption is so strong, it would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to crack it. And I know you don't got that kind of time. A billion years. Plus, it's super easy to use. Just fire up the app and click one button to get protected. And it works on all devices so you can stay secure on the go. I really appreciate just how easy it is to use ExpressVPN because I game, I, I troll the internet, and I also watch a lot of content. And no matter what I'm doing, if I have ExpressVPN on and protecting me, it doesn't throttle my speed. And I really appreciate that because no one likes a buffering video. No one likes long load times or long download times. And I appreciate also that it can create a little bit more privacy for me. And you can basically move your locale, your whatever your IP is to a different state if you're so inclined, which is an also just kind of added bonus. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash redweb. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash redweb, and you can get an extra three months for free. Task Force, that's expressvpn.com slash redweb. And with that said, let's get right back into the mystery. But with that kind of historical context said, let's talk about some popular sightings some of the ones that have some imagery to them, photographs of La Llorona, potentially. Oh, God. What is that tangible evidence? Do we know what the most recent, I guess, like storytelling or sighting of? Well, that, we have one from two years ago. So oh, that's okay. quite recent. There you go. That's all I needed. But Dang. beyond that, it is, it is a kind of ever-present thing. And so it could very well be that someone, this very day, as of this recording or as of Task Force You mm -hmm. Listening, could have an experience. Not all of them are as big or as viral, potentially, as they might... That uh, might be as a some subtle experience. Sure. But we're going to talk about some of the ones that have really caught people's attention, and uh, one's really close to us. So among the countless encounters of La Llorona, a hot spot for sightings is not too far from us here in Austin, Texas. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Outside of San Antonio, Texas, along the highway, so probably 35, you have a creek with a very interesting name. It's Woman Hollering Creek. It's said to be named after La Llorona, i.e. the weeping woman, or maybe it's a simple mistranslation. Either way, that is what the creek is called. There are other origins for the name, potentially, but many have claimed to see and hear La Llorona here in this area. Some say this location could be where the legend of La Llorona was born. Kind of breaks some of the historical theories, oh, wow. but who knows? I always want to say, like, this is where the legend was born. I'm like, oh, was it though? If so if this is to date back like ooh, centuries, centuries yeah. at this point, like, uh, I feel like it might be people that are like proud of their city and they want to like, you know, kind of like, we got La Llorona too. Yeah. 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 I, I can see that, but that's just, yeah. that's just where my mind is going right now. You just made me think though, because like I'm with you, but then I started thinking like, and this is going to flex a little bit of my cultural ignorance as far as Japanese culture. Um, but the movie, which has been remade in America, The mm -hmm. Grudge, my understanding is the way that that particular entity, at least, I don't know, again, if it has any cultural foundation or, or right. if it's purely made up, but 
That entity was made out of a moment of immense grief and anger, hence the grudge. And because of that, this entity was created. And then, spoiler alert, a few sequels down the way, another essential like grudge entity is formed in a very similar manner. And so, what would you think to the idea that maybe La Llorona is kind of an entity type that anybody who's gone through a traumatic experience or lost their children in some way could return to this corporeal realm as a spirit seeking their children or maybe seeking to punish others or share their grief and maybe this is the spot of a different La Llorona. You know what I mean? I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that. Because who's to say there's only going to be one type of, like, weeping ghost? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, how many how many the gray ladies have you heard of? Yeah. You know? And that's just kind of a more, oh, you know, someone with a white dress at the top of the stairs or in the yard, and they, they just kind of stand there. I mean, Supernatural is taking that exact interpretation that you're talking about. Uh-huh. Their, their first episode adapts La Llorona, but they call it a woman in white, and they treat it exactly as that of, like... Oh. I remember oh, driving in the road. That's yeah. just a, such a good show. Yeah, oh, I love that show. Oh, I should yeah. watch it then. It's very good. It's a first episode, so you can just jump right in. Oh, okay. yeah. It's like uh, if any woman dies in these circumstances, she becomes a woman in white. So it's like a mm. like or a La Llorona, not Got the it. La Llorona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that case, at least. So then, I it, like yeah, it's that a, train of thought. It's very interesting. Yeah, I I like it, but I also kind of hate it because yeah. then I start to go, what are the potential inadvertent or accidental circumstances of my inevitable death that may or may not create something else. I don't want to, I'll just be real. I don't want to be a ghost. I don't want to be hanging around. I've had, you know, at that point in time, I'll be like, this has been great. I want to go fly among the stars. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to like scare kids, you know, it's gotta be super boring or stand down hallways. Like, Like, especially like uh, I harped on earlier. Mm Mm-hmm like attention spans getting shorter and shorter, right? Mm-hmm. If you were centuries ago, you're a ghost, you're like, okay, can I get to just enjoy nature, walk around? That's true. I'll travel. Nowadays, I'll finally like, get to travel. It's like, <laughs> man, can I like, am I stuck on the road? Yeah, can man. Some, can someone like yeah, build dude. A, a hotel here so I can watch someone's I'll be real. TV or something? Right, or, right. Roll up a TV to this creek. Right. <laughs> Hold on. Maybe that's what we do. We, we get back to ghost hunting. We go to these hot spots and we try to like give them a you know give them a little bit of levity. You know, absolute programming. You know, every listen. If you're a child of the '90s and the early 2000s, you know that feel when that tube TV comes rolling in on the cart, VCR attached. Honestly, this man's making some decent. You know, you're about to have a good day. (laughs) I want to do that for ghosts. You hear that? (laughs) When you walk in, you're just like. Where's my teacher? And you're just like, yeah. hi, I'm John Carl, your substitute for today. And, then you just hear, ew, ew, ew. and I'm like, yeah, this substitute rock. Yeah, watch dude. that video. That's it. Man, there was a there was a there was a day in first grade where we had a substitute that it was too much of that. I don't think he was a substitute anymore after it. It was just like throwing paper airplanes and all sorts of shenanigans. Okay, well, let's go to the next sighting. I did have a, a theoretical or a hypothetical that I would like to posit, but we'll get through some of the sightings. Think on it, Christian, Fredo, Task Force. If you were a spirit, if you were attached to this, this realm, this physical realm as a spirit, what would you get up to? What would, what would be your deed? What would be maybe your legend? I already have an answer. I'll tell you. Oh, tell me right now then. I'm, I'm jumping into all the government top secret facilities. <gasps> I want to know. No, because then they might have one of those little ghost like boxes ghost from Ghostbusters. And then suddenly mm. you're a study. You're a, you're a, a, you're a study. You right. You right. They're going to poke and prod with all sorts of ghost tools. We got another one. (laughs) Like, oh, they took out a piece of my ghost liver. It's like Ah. like weird. All we have to do is put a sticker that said top secret on the door. (laughs) And we just keep catching these ghosts. (laughs) Like a, like a, like Like a a fly paper. (laughs) Damn. Damn. Then they throw it out and get a new one. All right. Let's move into some sightings. Another one, as recently as 2021, so very, very recently, La Llorona was reportedly also seen here in Texas, Laredo, Texas. After a post by a local paranormal investigator went viral, others shared their stories of seeing a crying woman in white with dark hair around Mines Road. Unfortunately, as these stories tend to go, things go viral, people jump on the, on the story, jump all over the wave, and then it just makes it really difficult to figure out where the original video is what the truth might be, but suffice to say, 
Unfortunately, we were not able to find this viral post. We do, however, have the image that came with it, but I'll show that in just a second. So the individual who saw this, this La Llorona and, and created this kind of spike in reports was Martin Godinez. He didn't actually see the ghost with his own eyes, but instead saw that later in his car cameras, they had captured what appeared to be a woman in a white dress walking along the road at 2 a.m. You and your Tesla, with all of its many cameras, maybe someday will see a ghost that you drove by on the highway. I would lose. I I would. I would put in a support ticket. <laughs> and like, could you take a look at my camera, please? Hey, um, help me. So, so it's it's blurry, admittedly, but this is the image that was captured. And as always, Task Force, you can find these photos that we talk about on our socials: Instagram, Twitter at RedWebPod. The top looks like. I'll be honest. If I'm looking at like two thirds up, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it looks like a casket next to a cabinet. Casket in a cabinet. Uh, there's a casket, and then there's oh, a little okay. cabinet. Okay, shape wise, shape otherwise it's all sorry. glowy it's, white. It's all glowy white. Yeah, but shape wise, looks like a cabinet. I see that. A casket with a cabinet next to it. Yeah, and then the bottom, it looks like yeah, sure you have kind of like the maybe like a flowy dress or something like that. Mm -hmm. There is no distinction here that is like. That's a person. Yeah. Right? There's no I can round at that. the top. There's no shoulders. There's no arms. It's very much like a rectangular type of four dimensional shape. And then it triangles at the top. And then it looks like there's honestly like a sliver of a cabinet kind of sticks out and comes down. It almost looks like. So, you know, when you get motion blur on a long exposure, yeah. it almost seems like there's a lot of that happening. Like it was. The shutter was just open enough that a car at a high speed created a doubling effect. Because I see the triangle you're talking about. But otherwise, this looks very, very bright. Which gives me the, the thought that it might simply be a very weird lens flare. Or a play on lights. Like if there was some grime on the, on the lens yeah, of the camera so and a truck a came by. You're driving down these dark roads, there's the bugs... But I don't know. It's so distinct around it. It, it is very much like, hmm. look, it, uh, I'm saying it doesn't look like a person, but it very much looks like there is something there. Yeah. Like in, in yeah. A, like a white sheet. Uh, kind of though. It does look jokingly, but seriously, like a person under a white bed sheet. Your classic yeah. ghost image. It looks like image. it does. It definitely looks like there is something there in the road yeah. with a like a white sheet on so it. So if you saw that, Mm -hmm. No matter how you could try to debunk it in your mind, that, that would freak me out a little bit. Mm. And then I'd drive by 10 times to see what if I could catch <laughs> any other evidence. I'd have to proof it. I, Scientific method. I wouldn't drive back. Hell no. Well, what if that's your direct route to, uh, to work? Then I would request to work from home. <laughs> Can we move the office? I'm like, um, you explain this to me then. Yeah. Now, what's, what's interesting here, though, we have this visual, and it is very interesting... The wrinkle in this particular sighting is that this woman had not been reported to be crying audibly. Nobody else in the area heard any sort of shrieking, crying, or moaning that is typical of a La Llorona sighting. Is there like a river nearby? There is. There mm. is uh, a body of water nearby, the Rio Grande. So, in a very famous river that separates yeah, Mexico from Texas. And so, yeah, there is a pretty big body of water nearby. Now, the next one, also pretty recent. This one's 2020. And it comes from Colombia, and this one's all video. I am so eager. I, I have a screenshot of what? it, but I don't want to even show you the screenshot. Here, I'll, I'll give you a glimpse, a muddy photo, right? The video, though, I want you to just see it before I describe it. The video is wild. The video is wild. I need you to see it. So we're Dude, gonna we're have gonna, you live react on this like, one. We're gonna discover something on our annual ghost hunt, and mm -hmm. no one's gonna believe us. Uh, maybe, maybe. That being said, though, and while he, uh, Christian, pulls this up, thank you for doing so, I've been watching a lot of TikToks about the Appalachian Trail and, and some sort of entity crying off path or mimicking voices you're supposed to know and, and, look. and calling you to it, essentially. And this is giving me similar vibes, especially oh, since this, this sighting's up in a tree. I'm going to tell you right now, hell no, okay? Oh. We've gone to areas, they have walls. You're telling me we're just going to the middle of the woods? Mm. That's, there's, forget damn like spectral entities 
mm-hmm. and cryptids. Mm-hmm. We just gonna get lost, boys. Straight up, you're gonna get lost. <laughs> also, <laughs> come on, man. Also, we don't know everything about this planet. We don't know everything about the creatures on it. And sure, and maybe we're not living in some sort of Jumanji hellscape, but like, there are definitely creatures out there that can take you out easy. All right, let's show you this video now. Task Force again. We'll post some stills on our social. Whoa! But you can, uh, you can. It looks like a bunch of trees, and we'll foliage. also link it on. on is social. that the top of a tree? It's the top of a tree. So yeah, what you're seeing is a bunch of trees in the tree line. Now, top middle, you see a little dark, yeah, kind of thing poking. Uh, it up. looks like a, a a person, like silhouette of a person with like, like a like a like a robe over them or something like that. What are you seeing? I can't explain that one. <laughs> I'll be honest, I can't seeing? explain that one. Um. So it looks like a bunch of trees uh-huh. and in, in the foreground, uh-huh. but in the background is another tree really high up. Oh, tall tree. Really high up because the back of that is just the sky mm-hmm. on like, I'm talking about like literally standing on leaves of the top of that tree. It looks like a person with like maybe like a, a robe over them or just, just like draped in like some type of cloth. And you hear the like moaning, it, it, the wailing. It sounds a lot deeper than I th- would expect. I, um, I do want to give a caveat. I'm not sure, Christian. You might know more. I'm not sure if the audio goes necessarily with this sighting or if it was added because it does sound like the Wilhelm scream version of wolves howling. That's just my take, though. Ah. Uh, Either way, please continue. Detach that. Okay. It's like a person, kind of like, like. Move like not only is the body moving, but it you can see arms kind of like flowing around, and it's at the very tippy top of the tree leaves. And so, like, if that's a hoax, just very elaborate, or someone is very, very like, did they grab one of the like 50 people that worked on a Transformer movie and like put a video together because it, it looks good? I'm gonna show you a photo that is a very advanced stunt, yeah. it <laughs> You're, you're not wrong. What stands out to me is regardless of what you think this is or could be or whatever, this thing is up on the very top of the canopy. It's very, and, yeah. And it's not like you got very strong branches that go all the way to the top. I'm not saying you never have that, but like it's very unlikely that you're going to get full body stood up on top of a tree. So you had a very good explanation of this otherwise very creepy entity. Just from looking at like the description and whatnot and the, the article the video came from, nothing confirms that the audio is or is not real. Okay. It's presented as real, but to your point, it does sound like stock footage, so who's to say? Yeah, it, it sounds like something you'd see when you have an establishing shot of a haunted house in a cartoon in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Like It, it hits that vibe, but, but I don't want to fully discredit it because that's just my initial instinct, right? Um, but as you mentioned, you know, you see a dark gray figure with a transparent, almost veil kind of draping yeah. over them. And you can see this entity's arms kind of moving and they waving. Look very like to the bone. Yes. Very gaunt, very, mm-hmm. very, very skinny. And her arms are clearly waving over her head. And this might be the best evidence to date of La Llorona's true existence, or it could simply be a practical effect of some kind. Part of me wonders if this didn't look a little bit like a marionette. Or some sort of puppet, like somebody was controlling something from underneath. Though the way the arm comes up and over the head, and you don't really see any external structures operating it or moving it, who knows? I, I just wanted to offer that as a potential debunk, but um, yeah, I mean, I it's guess interesting. we don't know how tall the tree is, right? It's all like camera perspective. True. So it could be someone with a really tall pole that's just sticking a little puppet up there and then waving it. Or maybe around. they're sat on a branch underneath, but. Or or it, or it's smaller than we thought, like, and it's yeah. a hand puppet, but yeah. it does look like a full, maybe, like, five foot, six foot person. I mean, on the size thing, it's similar to the famous Nessie photo, where it's supposed to be yeah. this giant Leo Pluridon, and it was a little children's toy. Right. Photo. Oh, we talk about, uh, we de- debunked it in the episode and, and all that. That blew my little mind. We did a whole episode on Loch Ness Ch- Task Force, if you want to go check that out. But, but yeah, this happened in Monitos, Colombia. The dark figure could be seen crying on top of the tree and bless the person that filmed it. Steady hand, 4K, you know, maybe not 4K, but it was crisp. Not one of those like shaky, I think I see an actual UFO up there. Um, but someone's sneezing, there's a child crying nearby and then they start filming their laces or I don't know, you know. What, what you don't see in the footage and that's edited out is the person goes, Alfredo, you see that? And it pans to me 
and I'm already like <laughs> bolting across the grass, <laughs> opening the door to the car, yeah, and leaving the person there. A little misty outline of where you once were. I'm, I'm gone, bro. I ain't questioning it. I'm not going to see what's up. Nothing. Yeah. Well, with regards to this final sighting that we're going to discuss today, there are no further details, but Monitos, Colombia is on the coast of the Caribbean Sea. So it is still near water. It does have that part attached to it. And then, yeah, I, man, I, I guess, don't know what I, I, I would oceans do count. <laughs> oceans count. Oceans no, count. water. There's no fresh salt water difference there. Right. But that is kind of La Llorona through history, through folklore, through the various sightings that we've seen, but also just at face value as a legend. I'm surprised you hadn't heard of it outside of. So you did you just think that like it was just that movie and that it wasn't kind of like I'm a sure the I was like, I'm sure the movie took it from something. Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm um, sure they plucked a few pieces. But uh, I was like, oh, okay. And then as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, ooh, great. Because regardless of the movie being terrible or not, it's always interesting to know. You know, like anyone, like you watch a movie. What's what's the behind the scenes or yeah. like, what's the Easter eggs and. This is my little, like, ooh, what's, like, the origin story? What's the true lore behind, like, the movie that I saw? Mm -hmm. And, um, look, I'm always on the skeptical side, so I believe it's, sure, maybe a little puppet thing, and the tree isn't as tall as you think. It's more, maybe it's a bush or something. It's literally just a bush. Could be an owl. Um, Christian's nodding. Could be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could be. Glad we all agree. Uh, About to get eaten by a catfish. Uh, (laughs) Maybe they work together. That's, we're doomed. It is near water. The owl shrieks and cries and pushes people in the water where the catfish get them. Yeah. But uh, in my my mind, I was like, look, this is, if if I'm to detach myself from my skeptical self, I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's, that's, oh, chilling. It's chilling to see the way the arms waved around and everything. And I I will say it seems like a, like a, a ghost, a ghoul that isn't, I don't know, like, I... Now that I'm like, we've gone through everything, they don't seem as violent as others are. So I feel like I might be able to make it out of this one. Ultimately. I mean, it's widely labeled as malevolent and there are definitely reasons for it. Yeah. But I, I love the confidence. Yeah. All the more reason to go to a hot spot, baby. We're going to go down to, what was the creek called? Woman, Woman Hollering, Hollering Creek. creek. Yeah. About an gonna, hour and a half away. Oh, that's close. That's, that's spitting too, distance. That's it's not too, too far. That's, that's essentially little, on the way to work. That's a little too close, <laughs> I'll be honest. Well, Task Force, I just want to say this is another kind of interesting one where we have gone off our historical beaten path where we found that you guys and, and us as well really enjoy exploring ghost stories, legends, cryptids, things that have a lot of historical factual bases and then exploring the history of that and how they kind of started or may have started and how they continue to this day and this is one of those cases and so just really wanted to say appreciate you all for like continuing to allow us to expand our creepy horizons there's mysteries in every category but love being able to talk about some of these and and love the support that you guys have shown on spotify apple google play all those Mm -hmm. places you listen to us on and keep sharing us really appreciate all that but with that said see you boys next week for yet another mystery i come to realize task force the awesome freaks (laughs) 